the Hollywood Trust podcast testimony series, sharing experiences of those affected by the Northern Ireland conflict and those people who have taken the decision to take positive steps for the future. Now here is your host, Eamon Becker. Hello there and welcome to this edition of the Hollywell Testimony Series. My name is Eamon Baker and my guest this week is Liam Campbell, Community Relations Worker at the Playhouse. This podcast is funded by the Central Good Relations Fund, the Reconciliation Fund of the Department of Foreign Affairs, and co-funded by the Derry City and Strabane District Council and the Community Relations Council. To start, I suppose, in terms of the piece... For me, it has very much in transition. And I have to be honest, Eamon, and say, I don't think we're being led very well. I don't think the leadership is offering anywhere near the kind of embrace of peace that the grassroots people are. You know, when you work every day with people across communities like like you do, Eamon, and and I do myself, it's not us, but it's you see the people actually engaging towards a common goal and actually genuinely, non-artificially, non-imposed, non-tick-in-the-box getting on with each other, sometimes united by poverty or united by need, but that they overcome the old trenches. But when it comes, for me, when it comes to some of the, some of the leading politicians, it's the old battle cries all the time in the more recent election. A lot of it was fought on green versus orange again. And I found that from some of the leading parties, not all of them, but some of the leading parties, I heard very little. Now, I'm talking now as a voter and as a a radio listener, TV listener, you're sort of somebody that, that likes to listen and, and keep abreast of, of the political issues. There was a, a clear lack of discussion on social education, medical issues, hospital, NHS, witness. It was, it was all relegated. It was all relegated and we found that, for me at least, what was dominant in the conversation was them and usants. Mm. And usants and them. The, the trenches. The trenches were, and the... And the you know, the old battle cries were around, the flags were flying again. And that's why I think it's transition. I think it, it's going to take generations, with the plural, I yeah. think, for those not only that don't carry the baggage, but also haven't been artificially kind of indoctrinated baggage that was never theirs to begin I wondered with. whether you are going to say inseminated. Inseminated. <laughs> you're talking about inseminated. Uh, you know, there has been discussions on how many Catholics are there now versus Protestants. Yeah. And, and a head count or a head count a sectarian head count sectarian yeah. head count which is stone age discussions if you think about it I know that it does have real political ramifications the, the demographic but surely to God we all want to have jobs for our children and our grandchildren we all want to have good clean peaceful cities with opportunities for the young where they can walk about in peace and do what they need to do much much more importantly than what flag is flying over in the long run for me, I mean, I'm not going to make any bones, but I would prefer a United Ireland. I mean, it's not a priority over my over my sons getting the, getting the education they need, getting the, the employment opportunities after it, and in fact, really dropping down the borders and really dropping down the trenches. Forget about this kind of anti-union, anti-British. We all work together towards a common good. I would feel I was as much in common with working class people from, from the other side, you know, from uh, and I wouldn't even consider myself from being the other side. It's just an accent of birth where you come up. Although yeah. you're aware of what's gone on and you're aware of, and we talked about this before, you know, we've both witnessed terrible tragedies, uh, but there's been tragedies all around. Mm. Uh, I, but for me, transition means we're generations away yet 
from from those that don't carry the baggage of the past. I would imagine that there is a frustration for you that we are generations away from, you know, a truly embracing peace. Yeah, um, and it manifests itself in very tangible ways right now. You know, I can give you one example. I have a, a, a very young family member who's got a heart condition, a relatively serious heart condition. And I've been told by the doctor that there is no children's MRI scanner currently in Northern Ireland. It might be just a, just come on board now. You know, in other words, there's a children's MRI scanner in Wales. There's a couple in England, one in Scotland, Northern Ireland. We, we don't have one, can't afford it, apparently. Uh, they're closing hospitals. And yet we're finding millions and millions of pounds the police kind of Carrick Fergus and the, the difficulties in yeah and all the all, difficulties yeah all, all these all these example. all these kind of emerging from the old trenches all these manifestations of emerging the emerging past that's making itself known and felt in the present uh, and that, so therefore it's not some I'm not talking abstract I'm going to say you know it would be great if we could leave it behind because someday it would be great to you know, that it is a truly all-embracing, all-encompassing uh, peace. But actually, right now, it's actually getting in the way of real social health mm. issues right now. Yes. And that's frustrating for me. In terms of actions that emerge out of that frustration, are there actions that you you become involved in, that you yourself provide leadership in? To anybody that I have a connection with, I mean, uh, first of all, with my own family, very much brought them up with a point of view of judge others upon how you find them on a personal level not on a reputation or a narrative supplied by yeah. somebody else yeah don't prejudge don't prejudge don't yeah. come with a mindset whatever it might be oh i've read about this community they done this and this community were involved in this in 1975 therefore this young man who's now that i am being forced to sit beside i, I have no time for him because of that judge him as a human first don't bring labels don't buy labels that others are selling you but don't plant your own either until you find the human behind it uh, the human in front of you I should say very real way around my own family and those that I surround myself with yeah. those are the kind of narratives that I like to spread out if you like Yeah. but it's also true with, with anybody or the work that I'm involved in So you work in Liam in the Playhouse as a community relations worker and you've been there got to two years now? In that role yeah before that I was involved um, I was a facilitator in creative writing and I coordinated the Art Skills Project, which is very much a cross-community project as well, and that was working with young people who mightn't have been in education or employment and upskilling them through the arts. It's towards the end of the courses that I run, I always have one full session with anybody that's coming through a project or a course. They tell them what it means, what they have achieved. Not, I don't mean that in some, again, some abstract way, but to give you an example of a could, I would often open this with Let's say I'm working with a group of young people and they've just studied and passed an OCN in filmmaking or creative writing, right? And I would say to them, okay, look, let's say on the stepping stone where you want to go to, you want to apply for a job in a local supermarket. How is your OCN in filmmaking going to help you? And invariably, perhaps one or two would give you a good answer, but invariably, I don't know, you know, unless Tesco's are looking to make a film, I don't, I don't know. When in fact, and this is what we try to equip them with this knowledge, you're saying to a, to a prospective employer that you're a problem solver, that you're creative, that you finish what you start, 
you're dependable, you can work as part of a team. When you set your mind to do something, not only do you complete it, you complete it with excellence, with outcomes, mm-hmm. and that's transferable. Mm-hmm. So why would always set them up with kind of those ideas in their head? And, and we always talk about things like interview skills. In an interview for a job, and the interviewer says, and what hobbies would you have? It's a wasted opportunity for young people. So they're sitting with an OCN and creative writing, and, and the interviewer says, and what hobbies do you have? Oh, I like football. Move on to the next question. As opposed to, I love being creative. As a matter of fact, so much so I have a qualification in creative writing. Mm-hmm. I love being creative. I love using my imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, I love documenting things in language. I love expressing myself, my thoughts, my beliefs. And that's a whole different thing in an interview. Yeah. Personally, I, I like to bring that dimension to any project. As you speak with about, young people, as you speak about this, Liam, uh, I can I can see. I think uh, I know the word is often used in a cliche sense, but a passion. You're, you're leaning forward, you're speaking about this as something that matters to you. In the wider understanding, young people are being demonised right, left and centre, not least by the Tory government. The current economic climate, there are no jobs, and in fact there's jobs being closed down. And what's a young person's possible future? Ah, oh, we've got some great inward investment, we've another call centre opening. It's just unacceptable for a city, a dynamic, talented city like Derry, for example. But then, on top of the, the, the fact that the, the jobs are becoming narrow, then somebody who might be forced to be on the dole, they're being labelled as scrungers, they're being labelled as... There are all these labels on young people. And the young people I work with, all they need is a bit of encouragement. All they need is to engage them. And you find the passion, you find the, the drive, you find and you hear about the dreams, and you hear about the, the things they want to do with their lives. It's easy for us... Anyone who's sort of gone through the teenage years, into early 20 years, and has gone into whatever, you know, whole job, education, and got married, and they forget what it was like to be a teenager. Forget what it was like when everybody talked over you. But now, not only are young people getting talked over, they're getting talked down to and pointed at and labelled. Mm. And I find that frustrating. And I'm passionate about that. Yeah. Because I've got young boys myself. Many young boys, do you? I've got three sons. You know, one of them was unemployment. But it was a last done, first out job, and he's been looking for stuff else, you know, since that. And got another son who's just finishing his degree, and yeah, I fear for him coming out with his degree. You know, when you're working, as you know yourself, and when you're working these projects, you're meeting people, and they're coming to you with latent passion, latent talent. Yeah. Just to, if we could, just the key to open those locks. And the problem is to to keep with this analogy. There's just too many locked doors. And then when the, when the doors are being locked, those that are locking the doors are also pointing at those young people and blaming them. You know, and, and I find that all very frustrating. And then if you throw into this great mix that we're living in Northern Ireland, where, where it seems to be the most important thing is, yeah, the trenches. Where do you come from? Which side of the house are you from? What flag do you want to see flying? To be honest with you, I want a really worthwhile health service an education system and opportunities for the young people and you can put a navy blue teddy bear flag with the pink spots on it up over the top of City Hall if you like if we get those things done first drop all this to down the priorities In your view what's the as it were, the code to unlock those doors as you work with young people uh, and, you, and what you described there a minute ago is their latent talent their, mm. their maybe their dreams their aspirations. What do you bring to those young people 
that enables maybe that door within the playhouse or the programme at the playhouse to open up? For me, to do with transferable skills. Once a young person, I know I'm t- we, I work with older people as well, but, but young people at the moment have quite a few projects with the young people. And when you give them that positivity where, where you say you can be, you are valuable, you are talented, you are a problem solver, son, love, whatever it might be, uh, what a fantastic idea for a, that moment in the film you've come up with there. You're a problem solver. Not simply you're quite good at filmmaking, so you're. But actually so, you're a talented person who's a problem solver. You're creative. Uh, um, yeah, and part of that is being really specific to the moment of where they have been creative rather yeah. than a bland generalisation. No, no abstracts, no. Yeah. And sometimes you know, these young people are coming from, and I've just mentioned the context where they're coming being prejudged and demonised by wider society or by this narrative, but also coming to you from a perhaps formal education doesn't work for them and they have you know failure stamped in their hearts and you, you see talented passionate creative vibrant worthwhile young lives and all the text is, is not some abstract discussion with them but to give them the platform the forum the tools the guidance the facilitation and ultimately the praise for what they have done to show what they're made of yes. and it, they, they, they always step forward. Your work at the Playhouse also involves work with people who are homeless. Yeah. Would you see that work as work that supports the, the building of peace here? Or do you see it as different? Some people would say, well, that's social services, social work. Socially related work, of course it does. But in relation to the homeless project, which is called No Place Like Home, it's really interesting, that the dynamic of that, because the young people are coming from both sides of the community. They're living currently in sheltered accommodation whilst they're seeking um, their own place. Um, I should underline the fact that they're they're more than just young people, they're young parents in their teenage years. Some of them have more than one child and they're 17. How did you recruit those, what sounds like, vulnerable enough young Mm. people? How did you access them, draw them up to the playhouse? It's a partnership with Shepherd's View Young Parents Project. They are wary of adults, if for sort of, you know, what I mean by that is someone in their 40s, 50s, unlike myself, who's early 40. They're wary of a figure arriving and dictating to them yeah. and see as a, you know, is this, is this another social worker? Is this another. What I'm saying is I had to go, I had a, I'd sit down an open day with them discussing the ideas of the project and promising them that myself and the, a few other facilitators were going to be working on it were there simply to give them the guidance and the tools to tell their story creatively. So core to this project is telling their story? Yes. And re- them, those people, not them, but the people involved telling yeah. their story? Yeah. yeah, tell their story. How you know What it's like to have found yourself homeless. Some of them have been actually on the streets. Some of them are, have been moved from sheltered accommodation to sheltered accommodation, to private landlords. There's some interesting stories on there, I can tell you. To get back to the core question you asked, they come from both sides of the community. But the common need for home, shelter, warmth, food, a warm bed for their child, supersedes and overrides anything that they have, any baggage they have, they bring with them from the communities, from the diverse communities they come from. There's never, ever any sectarian issue at all. And it's funny when some of them... You know, have have been involved in, in 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 things in the past in one way or not. Maybe not this group, but a group of work where before there was you know got involved in certain 
Tribal politics. Tribal politics, shall we yeah. call them. Uh, but in the common search, they've come together and they're putting a show on. They, they are driving the show forward. They're performing it. They've written a few raps about homelessness. They're performing it with a live band. They've done graffiti on the themes of what it means to be homeless and come up with a concept on their own. If we could just take a minute to give you that concept. Absolutely. Because they created a huge piece of graffiti which is going to form the backdrop of the show that night. Now, they come up with all this themselves, this idea. The backdrop is a wall, so they've drawn bricks. But in this wall, they've left gaps, so there's holes in the wall. On the bricks, they've put negative ideas. So there is actually some one or two sectarian prods out, huns out, tags out, and they've told me that this does affect their housing. You know, they can be involved in intimidation if they're forced to move to an area and somebody finds out they're from the other side of the community. Some of them have experienced this. Yes. So, But also negativity of being judged, of being labelled and even things as straight as no hope but behind the wall so in the gaps they've created they have something that they're trying to break down the wall to get to which is security a path into the future these are phrases they've come up with home in the sense of not a sheltered house but somewhere to call your home and the idea is they need to break through this wall of negativity to, to get where they need to get and the coming together they're working together and they're from both sides of the community they're working together on the theme of home and homelessness and the the teamwork the nature of the collaboration says everything you need to, to say about why we need not to prioritise the trenches anymore as I talked about that previous election a lot of it was discussed and fought and given a platform on the them versus us and when you work with these young people it's just so not important At the, you know, when they're homeless when they have young children just fades and falls away from that priority Uh, and this is what they're telling me this is not me imposing this narrative on them this is what they're telling me and this is the theme that's that's driving this show this event that's one of the prominent themes is as humans we all need this the real core common needs of home shelter warmth security warm bed for your children food on the table yeah and therefore when i'm talking about a real peace I'm t- that's what I'm saying in transition we have yet to grow up and learn that these are the things that we need to push forward and prioritise for all our futures but for our children and our grandchildren that we prioritise and push these things you just said there we need to grow up and learn Yeah, from so, them, Yeah, from the, from the young people Yeah, it sounds like in this work you have been really skilful in listening to what their story is, their narrative is and not um, being about imposing your narrative on them, the part of the gifts that you've brought to them is your listening ability. Well, that's a key theme, and I have to say it's not just me. There's some great facilitators working on it. It's Pamela Brown, um, David Harkin, Philip Micker, and Louise McElhenney, who's working as a personal development tutor with them, and they're great listeners. Um, but it's a key theme, you're right, because a lot of these young people are being talked down to, yeah. and they're not being listened to. Yeah, and I would guess that you've been able to retain the majority of those participants. You might have lost one or two, but mm. you've retained them. I would guess that the reason you retain them is because they feel like they're being listened, they're yes. being valued. 100% right. I mean, we have a fantastic turn-up rate yeah. for young people whose lives are kind of chaotic at the moment. Yes. Um, remember, they've got children. Yes. They get sorted as well. Yes. They turn up every session, including Saturday sessions. One of the things we're providing for them is music and they're performing a rap, which they've written. Uh, from their stories we developed the rap. We've got a live drummer, 
live guitarist working with them. They've written their rap. We're very hopeful that we'll get it recorded. And um, then I'll be pushing to get a broadcast on radio. So they're turning up at weekends to partake in these workshops because of what you've put your finger on them. People are listening for once and quite literally a microphone is blasting through a PA system what they need to say yeah. and nobody's interrupting them. This is also speaking to me of the role that the arts can play in self-liberation. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the arts is often underplayed in terms of its power for all types of conflict resolution but all types of social betterment. Arts sometimes can get labelled as a kind of distraction from real issues when in fact it can be a it can be a panacea. It can be a real problem solver. Bring yeah. people together towards a common goal within streams of creati- creativity and if you like towards a river of betterment. So all yeah. these streams of creativity and actually the river will all flow in the one direction of social betterment. What will happen after this process, this program, I guess it's time limited. It is, yeah. So what do you think will happen after that? Are you applying for further funding to deepen, uh, uh, expand upon the current work? We are, yeah, we're certainly applying for further funding. But the actual physical outcomes out of this we're going to use as educational resources. So you're filming? We're filming this final show. Are you filming the process as well? We're, we're documenting the process. That's David Harkin's job, great local filmmaker. Yeah. He's there at every workshop. He's been photographing them in the meetings and their discussions when they're talking about the theme for the graffiti. Yes. He's been photographing them, sitting, working on the rap songs and then performing the rap songs. And the process is being documented. And I haven't seen the funniest and edited version, although I'll be involved with David and putting that edit together. But I'm sure what will become clear is it's their voice. It's yeah. their story. Yeah. It's their uninterrupted platform that, that's, that'll yes. scream and squeal and musically, harmoniously drive out of that yeah. out of that documentary. So yes, we will be applying for further funding for a more expansive scheme, maybe with other partners, and maybe you know, homelessness in general to address that. But also, we're very much going to have these outcomes, these educational resources about homelessness and what it's like yes. to, to be. So you could imagine using those resources in another absolutely in another uh, program. And as I say, one of the things as well, one of the things we're doing is we're creating a a program booklet that everyone who turns up to the show I'm going to turn into Gay Burn. I'm going to give one to everybody in the audience but I really am we're getting printed up and it's going to be uh, a book detailing the scripts the lyrics oh, brilliant the, the, so the live scripts they've written the, the, the film scripts their monologues their stories they've also created a series of acrostic poems uh, based on the names of their children uh, and we're, we're going to print all that up for them something for them to take away but also, for it'll be, it'll be a legacy in itself for for educational purposes and a drive towards a bigger, more expansive project. And I should say as well, we're we're inviting the people that are normally involved in these young people's lives in, in a negative capacity. Social workers, yeah, perhaps. social workers, and see uh, uh, a positive side to them. And it's often there. And and social workers have a very tough job, but often they're there. And there's an atmosphere of, you know, kind of negativity and they're, they're there because or they're there. I have a report that says or we need to watch you because or it, there's always a kind of a qualifying statement of why a social worker might be involved. I know oftentimes they're there and their intention is to help, but there is this aura of negativity. Yeah, sometimes oh, social workers are perceived as having power and authority and they could take absolutely. my child away. Yes. Even, even though that the social workers are there absolutely to do the with right empathy thing. Empathy. With empathy to do the right thing. Yeah. That often the, often the perception is it's a power imbalance. 
we're inviting anyway those that might be involved in the young people's lives to come along they hear what they have to say, they take away a booklet, they read the work they've done, and they listen to them quietly yeah. in an audience where they can't interrupt. Not social workers interrupt everybody. And it's not just social workers. It's their friends, it's their family, it's their parents. Those that run the sheltered accommodation or all the management are all coming. Representatives from First Housing is all coming. I know, and I know they're all lovely people, so I, I'm using this phrase, they'll be forced to, but they will sit in an audience and the uninterrupted narrative through the eyes of these young people will be presented creatively to them. And they'll see these beating hearts. I can sense as I listen to you the flow of your energy here. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself momentarily as you were speaking that there'll be nights maybe you go home and you say to yourself, that was nice. Absolutely. In terms of personal satisfaction, Mm -hmm. it seems that their life stories maybe touches you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And uh, as I said earlier, it's very easy to detach yourself from what it was like to be a teenager or what it was like to be very very young and I was a young parent myself 19 to be homeless on top of that to have social work involvement on top of that to have a social context that is ultimately demonising of your generation and one of the things that's coming into my mind Liam is the prevalence of suicide and young suicide has that come up in the conversations that You've been listening to and yes, it has. Changes. It has. It has reared its head. Yeah. Yes, but these these young people are driving forward with positivity. Yeah, and um, and I'm assuming now that it's the young people that's on stage, so it's them speaking, dramatizing yes. their own words. It's them doing the raps. It's not actors that are hired in. No, it's them doing it. Yeah. Um, interestingly, the only the only parts that. Uh, that kind of um, the more mature individual like myself might be playing is the part of perhaps a landlord or the part perhaps of a all oh, the negative I become Crayola Deville. They are driving the show. They are performing the rap. They are performing the live scripts. There's a young girl Anna who's very bravely performing a full sketch and singing a solo song as well about her life story. So it's a, an original composition. It is. Yeah. And we've helped her in terms of helping her to write the music. But the narrative—it's a narrative song. The words, the, the content, the outreach of it are all hers, all her own. Yeah. And she is, is very, very brave. She's going to yeah. stand on a stage, and she's going to deliver the story of her life thus far. Yeah. In music. Would you? I'm guessing when this process comes to an end, you will miss this. I'm oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we're very hopeful that we'll. We push it forward. I mean, um, one of the great partners in this, as I say, is the Shepherds for Young Parents. Um, there's Niall over there, Niall McCarroll and Maria are very, very supportive. And the Christ staff over there as well, who help us out. And they're all obviously all coming to the final show as well. And they can see, and they could, it might be interesting for you to interview at some point, the change when they come back after the sessions. Yeah. The rise in positivity, the energy levels up. The, yeah. So... I think to go right, circumnavigate right back to your original question. Do you see this as a, a social project or is there peace in this? Well, of course there's peace in this as well. Sounds like it. Yeah, there's peace in this because I mentioned the fact that they come from you know, different sides of the community and they're all working together. But in fact, alongside that or driven beyond that is the fact that they become more positive individuals contributing to society. Yeah. What's coming to my mind uh, just a little is uh, as someone who never experienced drama when I was a teenager or a, in my early 20s, 
until I met James King. And he, I went to a session where there was uh, the invitation was to do improvised drama. If I'd fully known that before I went into the room, I might not have gone into the room. <laughs> but when I engaged with it, I felt a powerful sense of, this is wonderful. Yeah. And I was finding a voice almost that I didn't know I had. Mm. So I'm wondering, is that a similar type experience for these young people that that they are they, they may be saying to themselves, and you'll know better now whether they are, they may be saying, I'm going to be on stage in the playhouse. I have written a rap. I am. Uh, I've written a song. Yeah. I'm acting. Uh, so they have agency rather mm. than being being told be, uh, they are in authority. They are. They are the yeah. driving force. I, and, yeah. and I think the, the the full reality of that will arrive after the show. Yes. You know, because we're having a big celebration after it, and they'll have the booklet. I'm very hopeful. I'm I'm currently in negotiations with funders to get these songs recorded in a professional recording studio brilliant and when they walk away with the hearing the songs professionally recorded with a professional drummer guitarist bass player keyboard player and songs are all arranged by the way when they see the booklets see the scripts when they're presented down the line with an edited film version of uh, the pro- document the process but actually the entire show's being filmed as well and we're giving that all to them as a package at the end of it this is what you've done as a package and their names prominently on the back of it will be the creative team that put this together are, and their names will be very prominently as the driving forces. Yeah. Uh, I hope Liam Campbell's name and Louise Michael Hannon's <laughs> name and David Harkin's name appears modestly as well. Modestly. Yeah. We'll be there modestly. And who did they leave out there? There's someone else involved. Pamela Brown and Pamela Brown. David Harkin. And there's a few other guest people so coming in, for example, Michael Gallagher, the drummer with Goldstone Shave and Dead Heroes Club, uh, is taking part as well. He's, he's providing the drums. Lovely. Let's mm. pause there. Mm. That uh, that's, does my heart good to hear. I would like to take the time to thank the funders of this podcast, namely the Central Good Relations Fund, the Reconciliation Fund of the Department for Foreign Affairs, Derry and Straban District Council, and the Community Relations Council. Thank you all. If you missed any of our testimony episodes, a special playlist featuring every episode to date can be found at soundcloud.com. Just search for Hollywood Trust and you will be able to stream or download every episode. Otherwise, all our episodes can be found on Apple Podcasts and at Stitcher.com. So thanks very much, Liam, for taking the time to share your story here with us. And our guest next week will be Emma McGinley. Emma works with Reach Across and we're delighted that she has agreed to share her story on the Hollywell Testimony Series. You can stay up to date with us on our social media pages on Facebook, look for the Hollywell Trust, and on Twitter, it's at Hollywell T.